Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Okay, my beautiful red women out there, I'm so delighted and honored honored to be with today a sister of my heart, Jessica Hadari. Hello, my love. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. What an honor. What an incredible community you've created. And it's just mm. almost a dream come true to be here. I've Oh, I just, I'm going to just gush (laughs) all the love, all the love to you and what you've created. Oh, thank you. Well, I've known of Jessica for a really long time, back when I lived in the Bay Area and you're still in the Bay, right? That's, that's Mm -hmm. yes. And Jessica was at that time running these incredible gatherings called Fem Talks, right? That was what Mm -hmm. they were called back in the day. And she would gather together and she had this incredible ability of bringing women together from all kinds of different diverse backgrounds into a physical environment and networking them and connecting them and web weaving them to support each other in their visions and their businesses and in what they were to be here offering onto the planet. And I was always so inspired, Jessica, by the work that you did that. I know that you also have the Spiritual Women Leaders Networking Meetup Group and also a summit, which I love, which is called the Feminine Frequency Global Festival and the, <laughs> Women, of Wi- um, the Women of Color Wisdom Series. And so she coaches women. She creates these incredible networking events. And the reason I wanted to have you come on, well, there's so many reasons, because you're another kick-ass red woman. That's why I wanted you to <laughs> on the red podcast, yes. uh, you know, really creating the kind of world that we want to see through the events that you run and, and the way in which you are with women. And I've witnessed you in so many different offerings and environments and just how amazing you are in the stand for sisterhood for the healing of the competition comparison wound the sisterhood wound and how to create really dynamic circles of women who are supporting each other so i wanted to have jessica come on today and talk about two things and we're going to dive straight in one is around this whole theme of sisterhood which i really believe is actually one of the hidden shadows that we really have to deal with in our Mm. connection to women and then we'll we'll go on a little bit later and we're going to be talking about what it means to be opulent (laughs) i love that yes so let's dive in so tell us a little bit about in all the years that you've been gathering women and networking women together what are some of the the key things that you've learned about what how to create sisterhood in a really healthy way you know, it's interesting when you were t- just kind of briefly touching on shadow a moment ago, I just recall 
all of the times, even, you know, starting in like junior high, where I was a part of like a girl's thing or a women's thing, or even like a women's circle. I mean, even in, in my 20s, being a part of these communities that were supposed to be very intentional. And now looking back and just seeing how much like sister wounding was actually there. It's very interesting to now like look at women who run women's do what women's work or women's gatherings who it's like clear they they have not like cleared their sisterhood wounds or mother wounds or, you know, um, so just kind of that shadowy. Um, I don't know, like murkiness that is just still there for us collectively as women. Um, mm. And I think, you know, I'll, like just briefly think that a couple, like one energetically, ancestrally, I think we are still healing the whatever, however many generations, seven generations, or, you know, like mm. we're still healing from uh, some very old wounds of, um, you know, probably going back into ancient times from our own lineage where it's like, well, women burned witches too, you know, like we were sometimes the, the burner or the uh, um, outcasters of other women. And so I think there's energetic ties to some of that just old stuff, old paradigm stuff. Um, and I think also just culturally the way that like, even in like reality TV to watch how women are pitted against each other and the competition and the cattiness and that we kind of grow up seeing versions of that and how that kind of, you know, how we're programmed and have to kind of uh, uh, d disentangle from a lot of stuff. Um, so I, I love that you, cause like, cause we talked earlier about like, well, what should, what rabbit holes should we go into? And this was one of them. And when I, uh, realized that, yes, this is a rabbit hole we're going into. I was like, okay, awesome. I feel like I can really geek out on this. Mm. Um, partially from my own journey, my own sister wounding and really doing my own work to really like clarify and come into a space of reverence for like almost like unconditional reverence for women. Mm. So mm. yeah, I'm happy to go wherever you want to go. Mm. Well, what I'm feeling into my love is as you're speaking, I, you know, one of the things I get asked about a lot from women who are coming to work with me and in priestess presence, and I'm sure this is true for you, is for a lot of women, they're not comfortable coming into all women's spaces. Yes. Because, right? Because they have been, you know, in relationships with women or situations with women where they've been bullied or they've been betrayed or they've been hurt. And I'm I'm kind of curious what you see, um, well, first of all, how you talk to those women who are a little bit like on the fringes of wanting to step in, but not being mm -hmm. sure that they can or that they're welcomed, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you create spaces of inclusivity? And by that, what I really mean is for all women, right? Diversity-wise, women from different faiths, different spiritualities, different color skins, different ethnicities. I think when we're talking about the sisterhood wound, there's also, of course, all of that mm -hmm. stuff around racism and prejudice and, and separation that's also present within our sisterhood as much as it is anywhere else. Yeah, I definitely bump up against that because my programs, everything I create is only for women or female wow. identified. Um, and that's definitely something that I bump up against of women who are nervous about about stepping into all women's spaces. I find that, um, that there's been an evolution in 
earlier in, in offering kind of some of my deeper dive programs, that kind of nervousness coming up, like, you know, when I would hop on the phone and talk to women who are considering joining, uh, that has evolved into to more of like, I know I need more sisterhood in my life, but I, I, I keep kind of lone wolfing it. But I think it comes from the same place um, where you know, so it's very interesting to notice like the language that the women who now come to me are using. And I don't know if that's because over so many years of creating so much community, I've just inherently attracted women who want to at least be a part of community. Um and how that maybe has been a natural filtration for mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. women who want to be part of community or women's community then coming into my deeper programs. Or if it's just, you know, the collective conversations, even even like the Me Too movement or some of yeah. these more recent conversations of inclusivity maybe influencing the way that we are collectively thinking about community, togetherness, women supporting women, women having each other's backs and in a way that is different than even just a few years ago. Yeah. What's the shift that you've seen, Jessica? Because you've been doing this for a while, right? So mm-hmm. I, I love that you bring up the Me Too movement and some of the cultural shifts that we've been going through, because I think I'll just out myself, you know, the, mm-hmm. one of the wounds that I have experienced in my own lifetime that I still work with, that still comes up is the comparison wound or the competition oh, yes. wound, right? And maybe we yeah. can bring it into that because I think that that is pretty universal. Like I, I have not really met a woman <laughs> Uh, who doesn't compare herself. And by compare herself, I really mean negatively Mm -hmm. compare herself Mm -hmm. to someone else. And I'm super curious in your own life, how that's played out and also how you work with that in community, like what that looks like in sisterhood to really heal that wound or to at least become conscious of it as a healing. Mm. So when that, so you're right. I think every, every woman has this comparison, some version, some degree of this comparison wound. For some women, it's like paralyzing. It is the thing that keeps them from stepping into the spotlight or getting their healing out there in a bigger way. Um, And for, you know, whatever, I think for you and me, it's still there, but, you know, potentially it just, it's maybe doesn't have the gravity it did when Mm -hmm. we were like in junior high school. Um, but it does still come up. And when it, when it, when I feel that it's almost like a visceral feeling, that's a little bit like a, like a heat. And I can never remember the distinction between jealousy or envy. I think envy is like kind of when you want what they have. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to like take it from them. It's not a, I, I want that for myself. It's more like, I want this it's like seeing the beauty of something and being like, well, I kind of want that beauty or that opulence or that energy signature. Um, And so what I will Mm. invite when this comes up with my clients, Mm. if what I invite them to do is to whoever, because often often it's another woman, right. To actually like reach out and, like plant the seeds for like almost like an initial uh, conversation around collaborating in some way. It's a little bit like, okay, how can we take that physical sensation and that experience of envy 
and actually use that as not as like this negative thing that we need to go away, but a little bit like, oh, I'm getting a message. Like my body is literally telling me a message that there's some energy here to pay attention to. And so rather than like making it go away or self-shaming or whatever, all the things that, you know, we can do when we feel things that we don't want to feel, um, to actually use that as a catalyst to extend an olive branch, to be like, hey, I, to actually name it, to be like, I see what you're creating. It's incredible. Maybe we can hop on the phone sometime in the next month and just have a little virtual tea. And I'd love to hear what you're creating. And maybe we can find a way to like play together. I'd love to, you know, promote you in some way. I don't know, to just like find that place uh, where there is space for you to actually step up and meet that opulence and meet that energy signature. Because I feel like in some ways it's like, uh, potentially that signpost is a little bit like, well, this is the, maybe a little bit the universe, the, the kind of woman the universe is asking you to become. And it's like, the universe isn't always, the, the, the nods <laughs> from the universe are not always like friendly little taps, you know? Like I often experience myself kind of getting like slapped by the goddess. <laughs> like, wake up! Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I think sometimes that feeling, it's intense and it's like a little slap from the goddess. Well, it's like, well, get over there and like create with her, learn from her, you know? Wow. That, I just want to underscore that for all of us listening. That is brilliant, Jessica. It's brilliant because what I'm really hearing you say is that we all have this, right? And we project onto each other all the time. And so the projections you have onto someone else, we're like, well, I really wish that I could do that. Or I was more like that. Or, you know, that comparison thing that comes up. It's like, rather than trying to stuff it down and stuff the shadow down and say, oh, well, I shouldn't be feeling that way. And what you're saying is to really turn it around to really like do some magic with it, which is to shift your perception, right? And go, wait, hang on a second then. Rather than avoiding, maybe I should lean into that and actually reach out and make contact. Now, to some women, that's going to be terrifying <laughs> because yes. what you're actually doing is, just, from my perspective, and that this is a great lead into the, the next bit I want to talk to you about, but is actually leaning into where your growth edge is. And on the Red Podcast, we're all about where our growth edges are, where we're a little uncomfortable, where we're going outside of our current evolutionary being and stretching into something we're becoming. And you just said so beautifully that that's exactly it, right? Reaching out, mm. making contact and learning from each other and it being not just okay to, but actually what I would say, and I'm curious to hear what you would say about this, is I think this is part of the feminine genius, is mm. that we are not just that our communities and our sisterhoods are designed for us to learn from each other, to mirror each other, and to amplify the greatness of each other. That's what we're brilliant at. Yes. And I, and what you're saying is, is, is actually tipping the scale from it being a bad thing or something we should be a little bit shameful of that we're having a comparison into how do we use that as information? Mm, yes. Totally. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm so good. I'm so glad. You are brilliant. <laughs> there you go. See an example of that happening here right now, live on the Red Podcast. You know, and it makes all of us feel more empowered. That's the truth. Because part of it is what you're saying is when we come to another woman and we, we give her the reflection of what we 
who, who we see her as, then it opens a doorway of the heart to connect in that way where we're both here to to raise each other up rather than to pit, be pitted against each other. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and therein we will heal the world. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. So you said this beautiful word that. I have to say, as a goddess of love myself, when I read the word, I was like, oh, yes, we want to talk about that, is the word opulent. And actually, mm. later on, I'm going to let you know about a free gift that Jessica has for you that's a little bit to do with opulence. But that word is just, even saying it is such a joy. <laughs> so, it sounds f- particularly wonderful coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Well, I'm upping my English accent, darling, to excellent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, my God. Oh, So I want to spill into like what you've just painted, the scenario of reaching out to someone that you perceive has something that you're wanting. And you use this term, this energy signature. And I loved that. All my little spidey senses went on. Went, Ooh, let's talk about energy signatures. Isn't that fun? Mm. So I'd love to talk. The other area where I feel like we have a lot of shadow that's needs to get cleared out, and I've done so much work on this in my own life, it's not even believable, is around money, wealth, scarcity, that real Mm. third dimensional piece around, you know, that talk about comparison, talk about a place for us to get it stuck in negative projections on each other. And I know Mm -hmm. you work a lot with with this. And so Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk to you about what are, you know, some of the most common things that you have experienced yourself and see others dealing with when it comes to inviting people into their opulence. Let's start Mm. there. Maybe what do we start with? What is opulence? What do you even mean, darling, when you talk about opulent women? That's (laughs) such a great question. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to dive into the shadow again. I can't help myself. (laughs) So here's, as you were just kind of setting the stage for us to talk about this opulence, what came through was like, okay, because at first I was thinking of like women here in the States and I'm like, well, you're from England. And then I was like, okay, well, really, like if you're a woman who is from any colonized culture like if you like go a little bit granular even like a little more granular than that then it's like inherently like one thing we're really good at doing in colonized cultures is like taking anything and like slathering it with puritanical beliefs <laughs> like like even in the yoga community like taking these like beautiful teachings and then like slathering them with all these like rules and regulations that are very puritanical so I digress, but I think that these, for women in any of the cultures around the world that have Western influence and have been slathered with some puritanical shadow, I think for women, we just have all of these messages around like, uh, number, like that we're, uh, <laughs> You know, even in my generation growing up, it's like, well, really, you're going to marry someone and they're going to take care of you. Like, I need everything from that kind of message of like, oh, the man is the plan. Um, it's very kind of heteronormative, like, like women don't need to make money or shouldn't. Um, it also ties in with our power and like our generation is really the first generation of women that have like had full sovereignty over our money. Uh, that are stepping into positions of leadership in um, outside of politics in ways that like mm-hmm. we just haven't seen for a very 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 long time. So the the shadow 
that kind of gets in the way of our opulence is again, like all of it's just uh, layers and layers and layers of like what women are capable of, what we are, what we were taught, mm. we were, uh, had the capacity for, uh, what we believe we are able to accomplish in this lifetime. And that can be at odds with like the truth of what we know we are each on this planet for. It's like, you know, any woman I talk to in either of our communities is probably going to have like a real clear, at least felt experience of like what she came to this lifetime, what, like why she's on the planet and what mm -hmm. she came to this lifetime to like do or accomplish. Um, but that is sometimes at odds with like all that other cultural, like weird stuff. So, um, we were talking about shame earlier, and I think that kind of like self-shame, certainly comparison, but even like the self-shame we do because we're comparing, you know, like that just all the spirals of self-negative self-talk and, and shame and shoulds. I think that all definitely is like a very dark cloud over our own really rising into our capacity and our opulence. So um, if that is the shadow, then I think opulence is really, you know, I think it is really... Um, very much about living in 100% alignment with like who we are meant to be. Mm. I remember, get, I'll just give a little example just because I think it's maybe a helpful metaphor because I think a lot of women in our community really enjoy astro astrology. So I did an astrological reading. I'm not an astrologer, but I got a reading uh, a while back. And what I love that this astrologer, astrologer did is she said, if you were living in 100% alignment with your whatever birth chart, this is what your life would look like. And it was so cool because it was, it, I was able to see, oh, okay, that part of my life, that house. Yeah. Or that, you know, that place. I don't even know the, I don't even know the proper <laughs> lingo. I don't know. This is why I paid her, paid her. Um, but it was just interesting to see from that lens, oh, here's where I'm living in alignment. Okay, yeah, that's totally my life. And then to see other parts of my life where it's like, oh, yeah, that feels right, but I'm not doing that. I'm not living in alignment there. Mm -hmm. So I think when we are, the, the more in alignment, it's almost like I joke around, like the more tattoos I get, the more my business grows. And it's really just saying, the more I just like allow myself to be a walking piece of art, the more I don't care what people think of me. Uh, I, I mean, not that I don't act with reverence and honesty, but just in terms of I'm not trying to like make myself look or be a certain way, the more I'm just fully me, the I think the more people resonate with me. It kind of comes to that energy signature we were talking about. People feel it. Feel, people feel your transmission when you are really living in alignment and you're not trying to hide or self, you know, like, you're not trying to hide or try to squish yourself into a shape that you are not. Mm, 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 mm. I think opulence comes from just that full, like, I am being myself. Yeah. Um, 
I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I feel like I've been like blabbing on, blabbing on and well, on. <laughs> not blabbing on and on. I've been dropping, <laughs> dropping pearls of wisdom for us to, 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 to nourish us, you know, because everything that you just said about uh, the whole piece that you just shared about the internalized patriarchal, puritanical, you know, slathering on of these belief systems about, you know, us understanding that as women, that really we are the first generation that you said right who has had financial fiscal responsibility for our own lives that we've been able to even do that and even mm-hmm. now and this this is obviously not true in many many parts of the world yes right? in many many parts of the world women don't have that privilege they don't and so for me i always feel like that privilege is not a given it's it's like that's actually a privilege i have mm. to be able to be sitting having this conversation with you to have the kind of business that i have to live where i live to make the money that i make mm-hmm. right is part of my my white privilege and part of what i need to be aware of and for me personally is then behooven to me to actually utilize that in service to mm. awakening right so there's a whole piece with that and what I'm really struck by within this is this, if that's the shadow, then what is the light, right? And opulent mm-hmm. to me. Okay, so let me give you the image that comes to me. Okay, o- please. O- yes. Opulent to me means overflowing. It means a feeling of more than enoughness. It means this, I see this chalice of beautiful light water, energy, however you want to see it, that's overflowing with all of these roses and flowers that come out of it and these beautiful shards of crystalline light. And it's like overflowing abundance, overflowing generosity, that there is this place where you're no longer holding back the beauty of Mm. who you are in the Mm. uniqueness of who you are. And you said it with, you know, the more that you allow yourself to be that. And I could say that probably your offerings, my offerings, all of our offerings are really about unveiling, mm-hmm. you know, disrobing <clears throat> these masks and personas and things that we think we have to be or things that we can't be in order to reveal the essence that's already here, the, the, mm. the, the, the beauty. And when we do that, we, from my perspective, you begin to step into a stream of energy that is more flowing and more aligned and more abundant. And by abundant, I just don't just mean fiscally, financially, but in your life, that your life starts to line up in ways that is more expressed of who you are. It just feels more you. You Mm -hmm. feel more you, you're more at home here. And then really as a byproduct of that, the rest of it kind of comes into a deeper sense of alignment, right? Yes. I and mean, that's yes. what you probably teach your women that come and work with you. I, you know, I love what you were saying about, because it is easy for us to conflate opulence with prosperity. And right. certainly they, they, they can go together. But as you were speaking, I was actually just reminded of, you know, my, I think when I really first started to like, understand this more than just out of my mind, but really experience this. Mm. I was actually on, this is back in my thirties. I was actually on food stamps. I had been sick for, for years. Mm. And so, you know, it's like all of the resources depleted all, you know, it's just like eventually just being, you know, not being able to work and just you know being devastated by chronic illness. And I got a, a really clear message. It was like message from the divine that it's like, 
to to stop focusing on trying to make money because I was trying to kind of dig out of this hole and to dedicate my life for a time, completely dedicate my life to being in a devotional state, like being in devotion to the divine. Mm. And I really took that on. And I say that because it it's like, I just, I, I ultimately what that looked like is me just dedicating my life to like anything that was like radical self-care, um, Eat pleasure, really like using pleasure as a portal for mm. a, like, because it, uh, a pleasure is a portal, full, a portal for communing with the divine. Because um, I don't know, like, you know, when you take a shower and you're like all relaxed and your nervous system is relaxed, that's oftentimes when we get like our best ideas. So like using pleasure as a way to actually receive information, seeking out pleasurable experiences as acts of devotion to the mm-hmm. divine and just dedicating to that and having the experience of like because of that kind of kind of coming into this energetic alignment, like a felt experience of being in alignment because there's really nothing else to do. I mean, there's like zero fucks to give at this point of being like rock bottom. So really just, you know, letting myself be completely divine guided, divinely guided. And that just kind of leading to me then making aligned decisions, decisions that were aligned to these, this divine guidance that I was getting. And, and also just like what felt yummy. Um, and, what b- brought me joy, what brought me pleasure. And then just, f- this is, this is, reminds me of that overflowing image that mm. you just painted, mm. like having this experience of almost like perpetual overflowing abundance. And then watching that then be followed by the growth of my business and money coming in and then more. And then because I was open to receive these insights, then like mm. receiving the answers and knowing the next steps and, um, also opening to sisterhood and getting advice from my women friends, opening myself to be supported um, as part of that alignment. So my, I think that my first experience of opulence, which really where, when I started using that word was, uh, was seeded from that experience that was like, this, I don't know, that went on for a couple years of just really, really uh, a- allowing myself to be aligned by the divine because you can't, for, you know, that's another, like, you can also do a lot of forcing and contorting to like, I'm trying to be aligned, you know? <laughs> well, and you're speaking to something that's so, what I, I mean, thank you for sharing that story because it's really powerful in terms of your own initiation through illness. And and and, and I think we, we can all relate. I can relate to this, you know, in terms of the challenges and the initiations that come in my life where it have happened for me and how at the moment that you're in them, it's very, very hard to see mm. your way out. And it takes a real, you know, a, a real willingness to drop what has been to ask for what is. And I hear you went through that process. And what I love about it is, is when you went into this practice that has become this word opulent and this understanding about how abundance and flow really happens in your life, you were in a state of constriction. You were ill. You were on food stamps. You did. You weren't in a state of abundance. Mm-hmm. You were in the opposite. You were in the constriction. And yeah. I think a lot of us as women, and myself included, like it's very easy for me to be opulent when I'm feeling opulent. And when there's money and when there's food in the cupboard, 
and everything feels mm-hmm. good. It's not so easy to feel opulent when things feel tight and constricted and I'm worried about how to pay the bills. And we've all been there. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, and yeah. for me, this, you know, I come from a background of, you know, not poverty, but we were definitely lower social economic class in England. We didn't have a lot of money. We, we, there wasn't a, 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 you know, there wasn't a lot of opportunity, you know, food, we had a food and roof over our heads, but that was about it. Right. And we had the basics and, but you know, we couldn't afford to heat the house in the wind, you know, the whole thing. Right. Yes. So, you know, and I was brought up in a single parent family and the whole What's it? What's it? What's it? Like many of us were. So I had a lot of encodement around this that I had to work with because as a woman in sacred business, a social, you know, a spiritual entrepreneur, it it takes tremendous courage to do this because you're not guaranteed anything, right? It's like we're Mm -hmm. making our own living. Now there's beautiful parts of this, which is to do with self-expression and freedom. And I'm so, so grateful for the work that I do. And it has been a path of deep initiation around this particular subject. So I love that you give this example. And the thing that I just want to underline for everybody and have us all sort of really feel into is when we're in that state of, I don't have enough and constriction how then do you open to receiving the support and to actually stepping into the connection with the divine? It takes a lot of trust and surrender mm. because what we think we have to do is pedal faster, work harder. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's what the culture tells us. Well, you yes. just need to get on with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk a little bit about it from the feminine perspective? Like mm-hmm. when, if, if we're in that space, mm-hmm. how do we, how do we do that? Because it's like one thing to say, well, this is what you do, but really, how do we do it? <laughs> mm. Yeah, so I, um, that's such a, such a, I'm like, that's such a deep question. Cause just because I have about a thousand answers right. or a thousand thoughts, a thousand thoughts. I don't know if I have, all, <laughs> if I have a thousand answers. <laughs> so one is uh, the, what I really, the underlying like passionate uh, come from when I'm working with a woman and growing her business is that she's creating a business that is, that she feels taken care of by not just financially, but that is nourishing to her that allows plenty of downtime for rest, for travel, for family, for other priorities. Um, And so one of the first things I have my clients do is kind of is like create, what I call the, like their lifestyle calendar. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if your goal in, you know, three years or five years or 10 years is to have a certain lifestyle, mm-hmm. like to just, not that you have to, now this has to be a next step that like now you are going to live like this, but to really identify like how many days a week are you working? Okay. If you want another baby, mm-hmm. how would you make space for that baby? Like in your schedule and to just kind of do a little bit of dreaming and mapping out, um, which just that in itself is really, really helpful. It's just almost like running running the numbers or doing bookkeeping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think also like women light workers are sometimes have to like really like be taught how to do or be taught Absolutely. the importance of. <laughs> but it's a little bit like taking into account the lifestyle you want and which probably doesn't mean working seven days a week or blurring the lines between family time and work time or, you know. So just really like visioning mm-hmm. your future and what are the boundaries around when you're on and when you're off Mm -hmm. Um, and then start taking like little steps towards that because time 
is a very precious thing. I think in a witchy way, we can have experiences of time expanding, but that's a different topic. That's a different topic. <laughs> a fascinating one. It's just but a, fa- a, but little, a fascinating I, one. I love that topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've, uh, I think I, I'm feeling called to like pass the mic back mm. to you, pass the mic back, but I'm sure I have more to say, but I just, well, well, so let's just feel into that for a moment because part of what you're saying is that when we're, and I think this is really valid, when we're in a place of contraction and constriction, the first thing I would say is that that's normal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We expand and contract all the freaking time. That's yeah. what that's what Jupiter and Saturn are all about in your birth chart. If any of you are astro geeks like me, Jupiter expands, <laughs> Saturn contracts, and we do this our entire lives, right? Expanding and contracting. When we get into a contraction, and I'll be totally upfront with you, I'm in a launch right now, and it always happens in a launch whereby you put yourself out there and you go, here we are, this wonderful program that I blood, sweat, and tears created for you. And then there's always this moment where everybody's waiting. No one just jumps on inside. People don't do that, rarely. It's like a, a nail-biting moment. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be real with you. It is, you know, it tests you because yeah. what you have to do is lean back in and go, okay, I trust, I receive, I, and keep the channel open. Don't get constricted. Don't get freaked out because yeah. it's not right here, right now. You're calling it in. Mm-hmm. You got to remain in that place, right? Mm-hmm. And that is like, I, seriously, I've been doing this for a really long time, y'all, and I still have to work, really work at it, work at it mm. to, to stay open to receiving because here's the thing. Well, I don't know about this is true for you in your life, but for me, the number one thing I work with women around when they first come into work with me is 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 the root chakra is closed and tight because we have had to, to rely on ourselves or we're too self-reliant or we don't trust that anybody's going to be there to support us, let alone great mother, right? And we've learned to contract that root chakra and we're in a place of fear. We don't even know it. And our tail is tucked. And I spend a lot of time untucking people's tails and getting them to drop their roots down into the earth oh, and feel that I just support. Feel that. Right? <laughs> we all do that together for a moment because even talking about this shit brings it up, right? I'm like, get, I'm like, get your yoni and your perineum connected to your, you know, feel that for a moment. Oh my god! And so you can't good. see us. You can't see us, but uh, we're both like doing this little like hip shimmy. <laughs> Okay, but you know what I just realized is in talking about this, and this is how energy works, right? When we talk about this subject, we can't help it. We start to get tight because we all have it in there. Even mm-hmm. no matter how abundant you've become in your life, it's still in there, this little yes. part that goes, wow, what the fuck? I might not be safe here. Oh, shit, what's going to happen, right? Totally. So let's all loosen our little tails for a second. And I'm going to invite us, and we can do it together. Just to lean back in your chair for a second. Just feel your back supported for a second. And then let's just feel that together. Because <laughs> I'm realizing, oh, hell, you know, this is real. This is what yeah. we have to do. So I, I don't know what you're noticing as you do this, but I'm noticing my parasympathetic nervous system start to click in a little and go, hey, you're okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And unless we can open to receiving, we don't even see 
what's coming towards us. We don't, we, mm. we're not even here to, you know, it's like someone give, bring, brings you a beautiful gift and you're too busy seeing what you don't have to actually see mm-hmm. that, that gift arrived. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. Well, I think there's also this piece just from a practical level that I think ties the two things that we just said together, Uh, where it's like, you're a busy yet very, but established businesswoman. I'm a busy, but established businesswoman, but we both are in our lifestyle calendar. Like we've grown our business to the point where we are for the most part, like living the lifestyle we wanted like five years ago, Yeah, whatever. And so because for the most part, our lives uh, are fairly spacious, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, we have our team. We, you know, we've, we have built in spaciousness and deep self-care and time for devotion and also these energetic practices that when there are moments that require a little <laughs> hustle, which it's like, you know, it's like the physical world also, it kind of expands and contracts in terms of how much our attention is needed. Um, that we, it's like we have the overflowing cup to give from in those moments because those moments are brief. Are where uh, I think sometimes women in business, it's like everything is urgency. Everything is a is a back paddle to try to get to the next thing, try try to launch the next thing, to try to produce the next yes. event, to try to you know, um, that just like constantly on urgency and emergency energy. Uh, so I love what you're saying about really learning how to energetically like settle, calm, self-soothe, you know, energetically self-soothe and kind of maintain that state for longer and longer periods of time um, and then have that be reflected in our schedule, our calendar. Um, I, you know, I think that the two really like dovetail really beautifully with each other. Uh, cause there are all those moments like this week, it's like, you know, you're in a launch. I'm in the middle of a move. Both dogs got diarrhea yesterday. Oh, and God. you know, like everywhere I'm trying to like pack boxes and move. I am now in additionally having to like clean, gross stuff up like multiple times. You know, life happens to all of us. Why it literally life happening in such beautiful and unexpected ways. Oh my God. I'm grateful that the you know mm. previous several weeks have been like really spacious. And so even though it's like I feel that I feel that kind of clench, that clench you're talking about. I definitely felt was feeling that yesterday. It's uh uh it's not locked in as like a permanent state because I'm have the practice of relaxing and you do too that practice of uh, relaxing that you're talking about (laughs) you know I was laughing because I've got all these people helping me here today thank the goddess because I start a live retreat tomorrow too in the middle of a launch who thought this up do not know it just I told you every season came in and that's what's happening right two years with no live retreats first one tomorrow luckily I've got so many angels supporting me. There's a beloved sister helping me clean the house right now. And she was laughing because I had walked around the kitchen three times and all she heard me keep saying was breathing, breathing. (laughs) And I was just chatting away to myself saying, breathing. And she said, are you telling yourself to breathe? And I was like, yep, I am. I am literally telling myself to breathe right now. Unfurl your tail and breathe. You're okay. It's all good. Right. And this, this is, this is real life conversations with what it takes for us to be conscious around 
this very thing that you've been talking about, what it means to be opulent, what it means to really be in our stream of genius and beauty. So I want to thank you for that, love. I want to ask you, I ask everyone who comes on to the Red Podcast three questions, same three questions to end, end out. So I'd love to ask you those questions. So are you ready? Okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jessica, what do you avoid but secretly yearn to express? Ooh, what do I avoid? Ooh, this is a, this is like a whole other episode. <laughs> Good. I am a brown girl. Mm. I was raised in a white family in a very white community. And so the, all the recent conversations, uh, and not so recent conversations around, uh, race, cultural identity, et cetera. I, um, I'm really good at putting other women of color in the spotlight and, and mm. showcasing their voices. I still feel very like awkward and comfortable in lending my voice to these conversations. So there's a little bit like mm. I have kind of things to say or, you know, that's my own little shamey kind of playing small, maybe awkward Ooh, teenager, inner, inner awkward teenager, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, um, like totally. have things to say, maybe will someday but I don't, you oh, know, I and so for that conversation, we should come yeah. back and do that conversation. Oh, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah, okay. I feel yeah, like this yeah, would yeah. be a really beautiful space to. Absolutely. Yeah. And what is your heritage, darling? Tell um, us so I am it. like genetically from like all over India. Yeah. Like, literally all over Pakistan, India. And you can um, see this when you see her beautiful face. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Second question. Okay. What is the most revealing thing about you that you hide? Ooh, you know, it's, it's, I don't overtly hide it, but it's not like I put it in my marketing message. (laughs) And I think a lot of like a percentage of my women's community know this about me because they are also maybe a small percentage are also kind of like in this, but like I have been a part of the like poly, like polyamorous, kinky lifestyle, pretty much my whole adult life. I have my partner of eight years. I also have a boyfriend. I have a lover of three years. I have it's like deep, meaningful relationships with more than one person. And I am blessed, especially here in the Bay Area, to be in a community that uh, practices ethical non-monogamy in a way that's just really beautiful and very honoring and and fun and fun. I'm surrounded by a lot of fun people that are like fully expressed in their love Woo-hoo. lives. So, I love yes. that. I did not know that about you. I love asking <laughs> these questions. I got to find out all kinds of. But isn't things. it fun to like imagine me with like lovers? Yeah, oh my gosh, it's so fun. I'm like, we, I want to do a whole pod- podcast episode on that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we could have a whole show going on here, Jessica. This is awesome. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes, please. <laughs> so my final question is the word red, I see it as an anacronym mm. and mm-hmm. I see it as R-E-D. What does R-E-D stand for? Give it your next poetic interpretation. Oh, I like to say kind of the, na- what the words that come to my mind. Yes. Okay. Okay. R-E-D. R. Well, I'll just weave it back in reverence, reverence. Yes. Yeah. Reverence. Uh, or radical. <laughs> that could change. Well, we could go red. Radical reverence. Radical reverence. <laughs> uh, e. Oh, I, you know, I think um, M 
empathy is what's coming mm-hmm. through, which really kind of has a through line through a lot of what we're talking about. Just ultimately, like being a deeply feeling woman and using our feelings as information, right? Mm. I think that ties into Yes. <laughs> a D would be dangerous. <laughs> oh, okay, so we've got radical, reverent, empathic, dangerous. Ooh, oh, hello. <laughs> I'm liking that picture. I'm liking it. I love it. So one of these days, I'll tell you, um, I've been gathering these from all the podcasts and I've told everyone I'm going to be taking all their REDs and making a spoken word transmission piece. <gasps> Yes. which I will put behind music. My honey will produce it oh. and we'll have our own red. What does red really mean? Ooh. Can't wait. I love that. I love that. Creation in process. Yes, so, yes. so exciting. Oh, well, thank you for being here, honey. I know you have a gift, an opulent gift. Do you want to tell us just a little bit about that? Because it's a free gift that I asked Jessica to offer something. And here it is. What is yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. So this is my opulent woman mm. self-care pleasure package. Good. And the is really to support you. Yes. I can't do that as well as you. I've been practicing. Uh, and it's, yeah, really the intention is, is a lot of what we're talking about, expanding a woman's capacity to attract and receive more while stressing less. So there are some beautiful rituals around helping to clear irritable thoughts <laughs> how to take the reins of your, cause you know, like it's just, that's the nervous. That's, it's so that's good. like when you're, you know, it's like such a symptom of like my nervous system is overactive. I'm having an, <sighs> an irritable thought. That's a sign. Oh, that means that I'm out of balance. My yeah. nervous system needs to calm down. So it's, also uh, to help you just kind of take the reins of consistent like mood balance and energy levels with these like energetic practices using pleasure as an antidote for stress um so these are all just helpful for cutting overwhelm stepping into clarity um i even go a little bit into like the science of how pleasure can reset your nervous system Ooh, so yeah stuff in there it's like a little bundle it's a little bundle little bundle fantastic so you can get that the link will be below Jessica's bio. You can find out how to connect with her, how to learn more from her, how to become part of her community. I want to just go, yay! Yay! Thank you for being here, darling. It was such a pleasure. Oh my spend God. this time with you and just chat and, and also explore some of these themes. So thanks so much. And you can be sure Jessica will be back on the Red Podcast at some point with one of these other juicy conversations that we have seen it right here. I'd be honored. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you to you. Thank you to mm. you. Mm. It's my pleasure, darling. All right, my beloved ones. Blessings, blessings, blessings. See you on the next episode. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. 
It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings.